Welcome to the FTF Exchange Podcast. This is Maureen Lowe, founder and president of FTF. In this podcast series, we speak with industry professionals from leading financial and technology firms in capital markets. We will discuss an array of topics from current events to the latest fintech updates to human interest stories from time to time. Through these discussions, we strive to foster thought leadership and information sharing, and we certainly welcome comments and feedback for future episodes. Hello, I'm Eugene Grago with FTF News, and welcome to an FTF Exchange podcast. Today, we're speaking to Patrick Murray, the Chief Executive Officer of STP Investment Services, and STP is the winner of the Best Outsourcing Provider uh, in 2020 for its achievements in 2019. So Patrick, first of all, could you tell us a little bit about your background, your time as a Chief Technology Officer? How have those early years influenced and guided you in founding and leading STP? Sure. Thanks, Eugene. Uh, It's a pleasure to be here today. Uh, I went to school at Villanova University and was going to school to be a portfolio manager and found through an internship I had at J.P. Morgan that I loved the systems and the operational side of things. So I continued getting my uh, studies in finance, but also took some programming classes and majored in in information systems. It really led me to this love of the fintech space and and really being bilingual in both finance and, and information systems. And I started my career at Merrill Lynch Asset Management and, and progressed to be a, a chief technology officer for a Bermuda-based asset manager, uh, managing captive and reinsurance assets. And, and during that time, I, I really discovered that the, the small and, and mid-market were really underserviced. There really weren't a lot of great options for you know, getting services and, and software. And uh, you know, really, from that, and when 2008 was happening, founded STP to really help solve that problem. And through my early years, I really discovered that culture is, is critical. You know, really living culture is, is essential. So things like constantly continuing focusing on continuous improvement and, and looking at problems from different angles and different perspectives and, and never satisfying for the, the status quo was, was something that, you know, from an organizational perspective, is so, so important. You know, also to have a blame-free environment. I think many organizations are so worried about, oh, we made a mistake, whose fault is this? And really creating that safe environment for people to be able to be innovative, to take risks, to really listen and, and partner, you know, is a big part of our culture. I also believe, you know, in those early days and from my upbringing, that appreciation and the lack of saying thank you uh, is one of those silent pandemics that's going on. Uh, so we have a culture of giving shout outs and, and appreciating. And one way we celebrate that at STP today is we actually have a boxing belt, the folks who make the World Boxing Association uh, belts, and we celebrate our, our champion uh, every six months by giving them this cash award and this, this, this boxing belt. Now, other things that I would, I would just kind of comment on here is that it's really important to listen to your clients. There's not a one-size-fits-all approach to this business. Various ecosystems and operations are, while they're solving similar problems, they're all very different. And you need a great combination of the best people in the industry, the first you know, world-class enterprise systems that exist. And I believe you really need a proprietary software team to really stick that all together and make it work you know, efficiently. There's multiple ways to solve problems and voice solutions, and really you need to come to the table and be able to you know, solve problems and, and really craft a solution to each client versus, hey, I've shown up with a box. I hope it fits into your you know, organization. Mm-hmm. 
So why do you think voters chose STP as the best outsourcing provider for 2020, for its achievements in 2019? I think first and foremost, we were really honored to be recognized with such a, a wonderful organization, Life FTF. And being in good company, I think it really was because we, we took the time to listen and we personalize our solutions. I mean, we really have the backs of our, our clients and we're not selling a cookie cutter, one size fits all solution that doesn't fit for the client. In fact, we have many solutions and we wanna make sure we are choosing the best one for each client, such as maybe it's component-based outsourced reconciliation, or it's a, a software system like our control ops tool, or maybe a custom build where we automated some you know, investor policy statements for a, a client or a hybrid. And, and of course, we'll outsource from front to middle to back uh, offering. Uh, I think those multiple ways of interfacing us really have been a competitive advantage. And I think ultimately, look, if you have a great culture, you have happy, engaged people, you're going to have happy clients. And I think that's one of the reasons we were recognized. Financial services firms are exploring much more seriously how to embark upon a digital transformation because of the many challenges caused by the pandemic lockdown. What should financial services firms take into consideration when they are evaluating a good partner and a reliable source of information? I think something we've seen in the industry is this move to you know, really be able to service through the, the front office, the middle office, and the, and the back office. And this move towards really reducing the number of vendors to manage, right? Because there's maintenance that comes with of different you know, relationships. So if you have a provider like STP that can help you on your, your trading and compliance and you know, handle settlements and recon and portfolio accounting and all the way through the back office through fee billing and uh, reporting, that's a real differentiator. And really having that, that culture of teamwork and collaboration and appreciation is something that's super, super important. You know, at STP, we value all of our clients and uh, and really spend time, you know, listening and, and and working together to make sure that we're providing, you know, the best service. I think another consideration is as the world has become more digital and more global, you really need to have a 24-hour operation. And we're uniquely positioned that we're you know, both in the U.S. and in and India, uh, where we're able to service around the clock. You know, another characteristic I would describe is having a full-stack software team. Now, some folks will say, yes, we're tech enabled, but that really may mean, you know, we have some really neat spreadsheets and some macros. You know, at STP, we have you know, over a 60 person development team that has financial systems expertise and web-based technology expertise and deep understanding of, of data and the flows throughout the financial systems ecosystem. I think some other characteristics would be automating things like manual workflows, such as like the subscription redemption process or your SOC audit of being able to get investors into funds sooner versus you know, expecting someone to fill out a stack of paper and scan it back, which is, which is a problem in a, remote, in a remote setting. So I think those are big things yeah, that are, are, are super important when you're looking for a good partner and a reliable source of information. There's a growing expectation in the mid-market for financial services companies to handle the front, middle, and back office of the house. What do you think of these expectations, and how is STP responding to uh, the growing client expectations? Yeah, I think it's a great question. It's something we've been paying attention to, and back in the latter half of 2019, you know, we made an acquisition in the space to pick up a, a trading and compliance team that, that really helped us round out our offering. 
And if you look at the Ez Castle being acquired and Charles River being acquired, you know, some of, you know, with, with State Street and, you know, SSNC and, you know, the push for really being able to offer that full soup to nuts offering. It's really what the industry is asking for. And, you know, in the mid-market, it's truly unique and something that makes a lot of sense. We think a lot of other firms are focused on, on well, I just want to be a fund administrator or I really want to just do data management or be a portfolio accounting system. But being able to have the, you know, kind of avoid tunnel vision and looking at the client's whole process from that front, middle and back office perspective is, is incredibly important. And that's come from listening to our clients and looking at the problems that exist and ensuring we have, you know, uh, an effective way to solve those problems. Financial services firms are, are saying that they need more data and insight at lower costs. Uh, how do you view this trend and how is your company responding to this increased pressure? We certainly agree with this trend and, it, and certainly it's acceleration. You know, I think COVID-19 has really accelerated the digitization efforts at, at many companies. So we certainly you know, agree you know, with the view that financial services industry needs more data and insights and certainly at lower cost. We have a really great understanding of the source of data and certainly operations systems and software that's you know, required to be able to present reliable information. I think having a great development team and being able to think about well, what's the best way to source that you know, information? Should we connect via an API or is it a file movement? And what are the appropriate controls to make sure that our, our data governance and management process is presenting you know, reliable information? Another way we're, we're thinking about this and responding is really hiring diverse perspectives. So one of the unique things about SDP is you know, we hire all different types of, of people and they can come from you know, institutional managers or institutions, a variety of you know, alternative or commingled or private equity funds, you know, investment managers, custodians, wealth managers, broker dealers, family offices, allocators. So by having all those different perspectives in the industry, we really have a unique view on different problems and that enables us to be able to respond very effectively. And I think, you know, look, if you have a great culture and here in the, the western suburbs of Philadelphia, there's just there's tremendous talent here. So we really have a great pool to pull from. With us being a, a growth company and continuing to innovate and grow, it really allows us to attract and retain the best talent that enables us to uh, you know, really be able to solve these problems in a, in a creative way. Just shifting a little bit, is there a single investment operations trend that has had the most impact upon STP and its place in the market? I think that certainly there's fee pressure in the industry, right? There's the, the age old battle between the passives and the actives. And you know, certainly with this bull market that we've been in, there's a demand for managers being you know, more efficient. So fundamentally, folks are looking to their operation and their core competencies on how they can be efficient. And with our global organization and our diverse team and ability to approach it from a process perspective or a technology perspective or a developing something, I think that really enables us to be efficient and, and help pass along that scale that will fundamentally enable our clients to reduce costs and respond to that fee pressure. Mm -hmm. And firms are, of course, are dealing with lockdown and probably are being compelled to deal with some issues they haven't had to deal with before. So what advice would you give them if they have outgrown their current systems? What are the indications that there are problems? 
Yeah, I think people will try to sell you software, and, and certainly software is great, but it, it's not going to solve all your hopes and dreams, right? It might get you 50 or 60% of the way there. And I'm sure listeners are used to, we call it the Excel Hall of Fame. It's amazing what people have done in Excel to you know, get by. And ultimately, these workarounds can break. Human error. Um, oh, gee, I, I wish that macro did this. And this is an indicator that you, you need to outsource. Now, I would also advise that certain areas of software are not as well developed and shouldn't be used. Right? You might have a product that has uh, all sorts of functionality and a demo is really great and has lots of sizzle, but really knowing the product and, and you know, saying, hey, use it for these three things, but avoid these two things. And that, that other thing over there, that was developed for XYZ client and we don't want to use it at all because it's, it's, you know, it's just for them. And I also think like if you're spending a lot of time on systems or, or upgrades or trainings or new workarounds or, hey, I bet you can relate to this. You know, if you have that one person who's been with you a long time, they're the only one in the world who knows how to fix this particular prop, fix this thing. You know, that's, that's a real problem. And ultimately, I think, look, it's extremely difficult to have expertise and depth in all areas of the, of the business, particularly if you're in a non-financial center. But by focusing on your core competencies of delivering alpha, managing risk and client liabilities and having great customer service and being a fiduciary um, versus, you know, I'd like to launch a new strategy, but my system can't handle it. Or I'm not sure if we have the expertise to invest in foreign markets or, you know, I really need my available cash recount earlier. It's really not the way to grow or run a scalable business. And if you're having access to reporting and data across the business or strategies or for, you know, a family quickly, it is a more efficient way to operate as your as your time's valuable. You know, why waste it searching for the answer when we could present it to you accurately, efficiently, and you know, in a timely manner. And, and at about the same time, these cutting edge technologies are emerging. So, uh, what is the guiding principle to help financial services firms make the most of these new technologies? We actually hire to be able to stay ahead. For, for this reason, let me give you an example. Like if you come to, to STP, you know, you'll have one point of contact. You know, in my days of being a, a CTO, I was always frustrated of calling in and talking to the relationship person, which is great. So I was always being handed off to different departments and they didn't fully understand what was going on and was certainly a point of frustration. So we've designed it to have that point of contact that has tremendous depth and really knows your, um, your business inside and out. We like to think of it as your office down the hall. And I also think, you know, reducing complexity and, and focus on making things simple, like having a partner who's, you know, fundamentally is proactive and looking at new and creative ways to efficiently solve problems and attending the conferences and really uh, evaluating the, uh, the new trends and talking to the consultants in the space for what's working. And it's just a really important, you know, way to to when to adopt or should we adopt and answering those types of questions. Mm -hmm. And then just a quick look back, what were some of the major new services and platform enhancements that STP launched in 2020? And then what can you say about what's coming in, in 2021? One thing that we really pride on, on ourselves and going back to our culture of continuously in, improving and not settling for the status quo or you know, practicing continuous growth and learning for our team. You know, we really challenge ourselves to not be the same organization we were a year ago. We want to be able to expand our, our menu and continue to innovate with a purpose. So some of the things that we, we now offer is, of course, outsource trading has been a big thing. Uh, we're having a lot of conversations around that and, and our position to be able to, to service that. 
uh, you know, offering compliance and helping with registration. Uh, you know, our global settlements function has really taken off and been been something that you know folks have, have really been have been interested into. We also have a wealth family office platform. Um, you know, alternative to some of the usual suspects now, and and that's really gained a lot of traction and, and interest. Uh, something that's you know been super interesting. You know, we've spent a lot of time with with funds and and really looking at that subscription redemption process. And we've invested some some time in in innovation here, being able to fully automate the subscription and redemption process. So if you have a you know an investor who really is thinking about getting into the fund and being able to to capture that sooner and effectively, has been a pain point for years that we've solved. And what's coming is. In addition to continuing to invest uh, a good portion of our revenue back into you know, development and systems and, and processes, we're really uh, looking at helping out our managers in the distribution space and being able to bring ass- help bring assets into funds and different, different strategies. And we're doing a lot also in the machine learning space, which I know is a buzzword, but you know, what does that really mean? And you know, from my perspective, it's if you think about something like reconciliation and the pattern recognition that that takes place there. We're in a position, and we've already achieved a, a good portion of this, to be able to automate, you know, quite a bit of the reconciliation process, and actually suggest to our you know, our operations team that, hey, we had a break here. It's most likely A or B, or something like a factor break. We can fully automate that posting, and, and that's really where we're going, which will continue to be an area of efficiency that we can pass along to our clients. Um, but at the end of the day, you know, we're, we're innovating with these targeted purposes. We're listening to the needs of our, our clients. We're building the right team and attracting and retaining talent and you know, ultimately being able to respond the most effective way to our clients. And then lastly, what advice would you give to a firm that's hesitant to uh, reevaluate their situation because of the time and the money and the energy that's involved? It's a big commitment. What would make the effort worth it? Yes, I think this is a again coming back to we take a long term approach with our clients, uh, and we we love investing in the front end of the relationship. And we understand and empathize with our clients that they have different, you know, perspectives or risk tolerances or or maybe failed implementations or battle scars that they've had over over the years. So that long term relationship and uh, and our approach to implementation is it's truly unique. One of the things that's really interesting about us is there's multiple ways to deploy, right? We don't show up with the box and say, we hope you fit into this box. Our implementation is going to be nine months long, take it or leave it. In many cases, we, along the way, you know, we can remove risk while you're moving to a better process. So, you know, we can start small with a particular activity, or let's say we're transitioning you off of Advent, right? We can run Advent for you and then move that if that's the goal, you know, onto the, you know, onto the STP platform. So if it's whether you want like a component-based thing that, hey, I really need help with trading or my reporting's really bad, but I really want to get here, we'll really craft that timeline and that path. And there's other times where we need to hustle, where someone says, hey, my contract's ending up, we have to be live by this date, and we don't accept failure. And we've actually never failed on an implementation, which we're, we're really proud of. And, uh, and it comes back to having that high performing team, that culture, that partnership with our clients. You know, but ultimately we have, we have our clients back and uh, we're a firm that, that really can activate the potential of our clients. Now I would say we're experts at transitioning and moving our clients in the right direction. And we're here to you know, remove the fear of change. And you know, it's not 
from an outsourcing perspective, that sometimes has negative connotations. And, and we really look to, to be able to ensure that, hey, you're not giving up your data, right? You're, it's just we're presenting that data in a, a much more effective way so you can get access to your data, be able to have the insights sooner. And, uh, and that's a really important thing. And I think there's this really great, and one of our colleagues brought this quote up the other day in our annual meeting. I think it really summarizes this really well. And it's, it's an old Chinese proverb. And, you know, when the winds of change blow, right, some people build walls and, and hide, and, but others build windmills. And, and I think we're here to, to build windmills for our, for our clients and, uh, and really be able to activate their potential and, you know, help them get to the next level scalable organization responding to our ever-changing financial services environment. Okay, great. Thank you. Well, we hope you enjoyed this episode of the FTF Exchange podcast. If you would like a turn in the hot seat, reach out to us at info at ftfnews.com and let us know what capital markets topics you'd like to discuss. Also, be sure to sign up to receive our email alert so you don't miss out on listening to future episodes. Just visit ftfnews.com and click the sign up link at the top of the page. Thanks again for listening to the FTF Exchange Podcast.